Praise the Lord. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for sacrificing and taking time to come. And we sit together at the feet of the Lord. That is a very, very noble thing. Very important and very critical because today we seem to be losing focus and losing vision. Francis is my name, like you have been told. And it is a joy for me to be part of you this afternoon. From Makerere University Business School, we have an Anglican chapel, St. James. So far we have two services, and I think we are going to move to have the third service soon. But for now we have two. If you come into the university, if you are driving, you drive up from the main gate, you drive around as if you are going to Uganda Revenue Authority. The first chapel is the Roman Catholic one. But the block next to it, you should be able to see the Anglican chapel. You can even ask and say, where is the Anglican chapel from here? Or where is St. James? And somebody should be able to show you. I have come with colleagues. Victor, Victor, can you stand up? Victor is one of our members. I've come with Damali and Paul. These are our leaders. During this Lent season, one of the things that we have decided to get involved in is really to look at the plight of disabled girls. And so together with the alumni office, Makere University Business School has organized an alumni run where we are collecting some money to further education of disabled girls at the university level. And so on 20th of March, we are going to have that run. And your contribution is just a minimum of 20,000 Uganda shillings. We have a few kits that we came with. In case you are a well-wisher, in case you are an alumni, you can see me after the service. Understanding God as all-knowing is our theme. God is all-knowing. I mean, you and I have things that we know. And there are things I know about myself that you don't know. And but what is interesting, on the other hand, is that sometimes there are things about me that I don't know and other people know. Now, I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to go into psychology of some of the things. But brethren, God knows us inside and out. And that is why I want to thank God that in the Anglican Church, we have time of reflection, we have time of evaluation, we have time of self-examination so that we are able to understand and rethink whether we are still on cause. And that is what Lent is all about. So the season that we are in, it is important that we get to know that there is nowhere we can hide from God. You can do your things and outsmart everybody. Friends, you can't outsmart God. And you know, there are even some people we cannot outsmart. 
and I will go into that in a minute. This is one of the secrets that Solomon, as a king of Israel, embraced. And we find the portion of scripture and the passage that has been given is 1 Kings chapter 8 and verses 39. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verses 39. Just walking you through the story in 1 Kings, Solomon had just completed building the temple of the Lord. And when he finished building the temple of the Lord, he realized that there was the Ark of the Covenant, which was still in a temporary place. And he made an altar, and he decided that that Ark of the Lord should be brought into the temple in its special and rightful place. And he organized it because he realized if you had time and you looked at First Kings chapter 6 from verse 1 up to verse 7, you will find that there is a mistake that was made in moving the Ark of the Covenant. But I'm not going to go there. And so Solomon decided with very, very carefully to move it from the temporary place into the temple of the Lord. And after he did that, from around verses 22, he then prayed a prayer of dedicating the temple. And it is at the prayer of dedication that is where our portion is picked up from. But let me jump to verses 31 to 32. Two things that are singled out. In verses 31 to 32, Solomon prayed, 31 to 32, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. When anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this temple, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants, condemning the wicked, bringing his way on his head, and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. And he says, do things. How is your judgment? How is my judgment? When things go wrong, when things go amiss. And he said, it is important that we learn to condemn the guilty. And secondly, let's vindicate the righteous. And fortunately, we live in a world today where the guilty are vindicated and the righteous are sometimes condemned. And there are many examples. But besides judgment, the second thing he brings out is in verses 33 to 40. And that is the question he is asking, why may God punish you and me? And how does he punish? And he singles out four things. And he says, when God is out to punish, he can use war. I don't know the war in the Ukraine, whether it is a punishment. But when God is out to punish, he can use war. He can use the famine. He can use the disease. Or he can use other calamities or disasters. So God can use war to punish people. God can use war to sort out a situation. He can use famine. He can use an epidemic. And he can use other disasters. I'm not saying... COVID-19 as a disease is maybe a punishment from God. I don't know. 
But I'm just referring to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 33 to 40, where he singles this out. And he says, when you decided to punish and he used any of this, we ask that you forgive us. And then he takes it further in verse 39. And this is where I want us to zero in our portion of scripture. And so 1 Kings chapter 8 and verses 39. Then after you have forgiven, and he says, then here in heaven your dwelling place, and forgive, and act, and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. Friends, there is nowhere you and I can hide from God. Whether you go to the hills, the Lord sees you. Whether you lock yourself in the room, the Lord sees you. And that is why we talk about God being omnipresent, because he is everywhere. It doesn't matter what smile you put on. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much protection you have around you. God knows everything about us. God is interested in our hearts. Why the heart? The heart is the inner part of you. It's the real you. The heart is the real you. When I come to visit, you put on a smile, but deep down in your heart, you are saying, I wonder why he has come again. But on the outside, you are smiling. The real you is asking questions. The heart is the seat of your will. And that is where consciousness is. And you know, sometimes we intentionally rehearse certain words to say. And deep down in your heart, you know they are very bad words. But you even swear and say, leave me. I am going to tell him today. I am going to tell her today. And you know it is a wrong thing to do. And your conscience tells you that is wrong. The heart is the seat of your character and your determination. Look at what God says in Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Very common verse. Chapter 17 and verse 9. That the heart is corrupt. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That is the question Prophet Jeremiah posed. And because that is the seat, God decides to examine your heart. God decides to examine my heart. And he picks special interest in, and he says, it is beyond cure. And he ends by posing a question, 
who can understand it. It is therefore important that if this is what our hearts are like, we take them to the Lord because he knows it all and we cannot hide from him. And so what do we need to do? If this is the state of the heart, check yourself. How is it with you? How is it with me? Number one, therefore, during this Lent season, what do we need to do? So that we get back, we get ourselves back on course. So that we allow God to make us into the kind of people he wants us to be. Back in my village, there was a very respectable man. Professor here knows that during those days, there is a time when there was a very bad venereal disease. And this was a respectable man. And nobody knew some of the mischievous things he used it to do. And guess what happens? He starts going out with other women and girls. Now between him and his elder son, nobody knows who picked the venereal disease. And as they shared this women, you know those days, a whole sub-county had only one health center. And so things went from bad to worse. He tried to hide. He tried to take painkillers. The thing refused. And unfortunately, from wherever one of them picked it from, this chief had two wives. He came and gave to the first wife, who was the mother of the firstborn. Remember, now the father and the son are both infected. And the father infects the mother of this boy. So when the old man started feeling funny, he had to go and approach the medical assistant. And when he explained, the medical assistant said, no, you have got a problem. And so he was put on the treatment. Following day, the mother couldn't walk. So the mother was also taken to the hospital. And then it became an interest to the medical assistant that even this first wife of his was sick. In the afternoon, the son goes to the same medical assistant. And only to realize that these are members of one family. The following morning, the second wife also goes into sick medical assistant. So the four of them found themselves in the health center. And you know, the story started to spread like wildfire. And eventually everybody got to know. So rather than wait for your sin and my sin, for your sin to find you out and my sin to find you out, what do we need to do? Because there is nothing you look at Luke. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 3. Luke, the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 12, verse 3. 
Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And whatever you have spoken in the ear, in the inner rooms, will be proclaimed on the housetops. The same applies to whatever we do. Whatever we do in, in secret, it will come out to be known. So it is better you and I take advantage of this season, take advantage of this time to allow God show us where we have gone astray, where we have missed the mark, where we have missed the point, and we come back to him because he is all-knowing and he understands everybody. It was very embarrassing for this chief, very embarrassing for his family, and that dehumanized him completely and also. So other than wait, what do we need to do? Number one, let let us trust God with all our hearts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and submit and surrender to Him. In Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, the Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And you do not lean on your own understanding. Trust him with all your heart because his focus is on your heart. His focus is on my heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and you do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Let's take ourselves to the Lord. Let's submit. Let's surrender to the Lord. Let's not hide anything from him. Let's not camouflage. Let's not put on masks. Let's unveil ourselves. Number two, we need to make our hearts pure. By the way we think, the things we talk about, the company that we keep, help us to make our hearts pure. That's why they say bad company ruins good morals. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. So let's purpose to wash our hearts, to cleanse our hearts. God promises to give us a clean heart. When you hear some of the stories, when you read the news, when you watch TV, when you listen to some people talking, you certainly know we have a very big problem in Uganda. And I am hoping that you and I are not adding to that problem of people who are so reckless, of people who are so ruthless. You have heard how people have been killed and murdered in cold blood. People with wicked hearts, they can do anything to you. Somebody goes to kill his own children, kill his own wife. A mother kills her own children. Somebody carries a pregnancy for nine months and goes and dumps that baby in a dusty bin and goes and dumps that baby in a pit latrine. May God help us that we may develop a pure heart 
so that our attitude towards ourselves, our attitudes towards one another, and our attitudes towards God are put right. Number three, guard your heart. Proverbs chapter four. Number three, guard your heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 to 26. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And how do you guard your heart? Verse 24, keep your mouth free from perversity. Two, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Three, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Stop looking to the left. Stop looking to the right. Number four, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Guard your heart. Let's guard our hearts. And the Bible says it is the wellspring of life. And then in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. We can go through this late season as a routine and not gain from the Lord. He's looking for one with a pure heart. He's looking for one who knows that God is all-knowing. And there are people whom God commended because of their faithfulness and because of their faithful walk with the Lord. Yes. At one point, David, one example I want to give is of David. At one point, David was commended of God. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. The Samuel the prophet had this to say of David, but said to Saul, but now your kingdom will not endure. When Saul messed up, God sent the prophet Samuel to tell him, but now your kingdom will not endure. Telling Saul, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. A man after God's heart. Will God at one point be able to say that of you? Will God be able to say that of me one of these days? That this is my son. This is my daughter. After my own heart. David took the Lord as his fortress. He took the Lord as his shepherd. He took the Lord as his light and salvation. He took the Lord as his strength and his shield. He took the Lord as his trust. And no wonder, Samuel said, Saul, come rain, come sunshine, you have lost it. It's now David's turn. David was appointed by God. Remember, even when Saul went, to, when Samuel, as a prophet, was sent to the house of Jesse, when Samuel saw the firstborn, looked at how elegant, how huge, how tall he was, he thought, this is the guy. 
But God had already seen from the heart of David and said it doesn't matter how this boy presents himself. There is the other one. And we are told the second one came, God said no. Third one came, God said no. Until all the boys were finished. And you know, it is very unfortunate that at that point in time, it looked like even the siblings and the parents didn't know that they had another son who was out there taking care of the ship. And then the prophet insisted and said, excuse me, don't you have another son? And then the father said, oh, by the way, there is a young man. And David was called. And Samuel the prophet anointed him there and then to become the next king. Because he was found to be a man after God's own heart. Praise the Lord. Is God going to find anybody in Uganda as a man, as a woman, after his own heart? It is possible. Number two, there was a man called Noah. When you read Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, we are told he was righteous, he was blameless, and he walked with God faithfully. Righteous, blameless, and walked faithfully with God. How is your life? How is my life? How is your life? How is my life? Number three, there was a man called Caleb. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, as I bring this to a conclusion. Numbers chapter 14, verses 24. The spies were sent to look at the promised land just before the children of Israel entered it after being set free from bondage in Egypt. And they were now on the verge of entering. And God decided, let some people first go ahead. And we are told the majority report said it was a very difficult land. But you look at the minority report. Verse 24, Numbers 14. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Why? The other people were taken by fear. And they decided to tell a lie. The other people were taken by fear. And they forgot the promises of God. And they said there are giants in that land. They forgot God said, I will deal with that. But Caleb said, whatever it is, the land is good. And let's go. And God will give us the victory. And that is why God commended him. Jeremiah 17, verse 10, and then I keep quiet. Jeremiah chapter 17, and verse 10. We read verse 9, the heart is deceitful. But look at verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. 
I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. What is God going to give you during this Lent season? What is God going to give me during this Lent season? Because he says, I'm going to give each one according to his or her own heart. What does he see? For some of us, we have struggled with bitterness for long, and God says, I want to set you free. Why don't you surrender to him? For some of us, it could be telling lies. For some of us, it could be pride. And the list can go on. And God is saying, let's sort it out this time around. Let us pray. Just to give you a moment to think through what I have said. Just to think through what I have shared. Father, come to our help because you are all-knowing. We are not going to go into the details, but maybe you are under this roof and even others online, and there is something that you are saying, God, I have really struggled with this for long. And today, I choose to have a new beginning and to open a new chapter in my life. Maybe if you are here, you can just stand up as I conclude with prayer and I pray for you. Maybe you are there online, you can also join us. But if you are here, we are not going into details, but you can just stand up where you are seated. Just stand up and we just pray together with you and release it to the Lord so that you go scot-free, so that you have a new beginning. You can just stand up as we pray. You just stand up where you are. Thank you. Thank you. That is what it means to be a real man. Thank you, my sister. Father, these friends have stood in your presence this afternoon to acknowledge that you are the all-knowing God and they have nowhere to hide from you and they have nowhere to go and they have nowhere to turn to. Father, they come to you in surrender. They come to you in submission. They come asking you to have your way in their life so that they don't, you don't pass them by, so that they don't miss it. I pray that for each of them, help them out. I pray that for each of them, Lord, wipe away the past and give them a new beginning. For each of them, hold them by your righteous right hand. Because you, when you forgive, you forget. And so help them to begin afresh on this journey. And help each one of them to live to see your goodness in the land of the living. And continue speaking to us. And continue making us every day into the kind of people that you want us to be. For we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Reverend Francis. We shall just continue.
bring a few items to God in prayer. As he has been uh, saying, God knows everything. Maybe there's that particular thing you've struggled with. Maybe you've struggled with an addiction. Maybe you've struggled with coming to terms with certain things. God knows. So I'm going to ask you to just be open with God. Just tell God that particular thing, that particular struggle. Maybe it's a prayer need that you prayed through and through. Once again, as the message was coming to us, it's a reminder. God is all-knowing. He knows. He knows even the deep secrets of our hearts. So I'm going to encourage you to bring that particular request in prayer and in faith that the Lord who knows is able. Lord, we thank you so much once again because you are the all-knowing God. Lord, your knowledge of us is too wonderful for us to even comprehend. Lord, amidst us, there are some woes within our hearts. Lord, you know them. Some of us have been disappointed by experiences of life. Some of us need healing of our hearts. Some of us, Lord, are battling with memories that are tough. Lord, you know it. So we choose to lay it before you. Some of us, it's struggles of addictions, addictions with sin. Lord, we cannot hide from your presence. Lord, you know everything. You asked Simon, that Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Three times and the third time, Simon said, Lord, you know it. Lord, there's nothing we can hide from you. Before you, we are naked. You know even the thoughts of our hearts. So may you visit us and do your ministry amidst us. Heal us of all bad memories. Heal us of tough experiences. Heal us from every bondage, Lord, we pray. And Lord, may this knowledge of you, that you know everything, keep us in you, that we shall never, never depart from your presence. The Lord shall never hide and run away from you, because we cannot. So be glorified, be not glorified. Lord, you know even the situation of this country. Lord, we ask that you visit this nation and move mightily. Lord, you know what our families are going through. We pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will come to our aid where we need you. Lord, you know what the, these individuals here and online are going through. Lord, some have come petitioning you for certain needs. Lord, I pray that you will come to their aid. And Lord, you who knows us, cause us to come back to you cause us to come back to you. So my dear brother, my dear sister, maybe you feel as if God is far away. I'm going to encourage you. God is not far. He knows you. Just tell God I come back to you. Just express that faith once again in him. Maybe our hearts have waved off. As we read, the heart is deceitful beyond cure. Who can cure? Only God. God knows our hearts. Surrender your heart once again to him. Maybe you're filled with bitterness. Surrender it to him. Maybe you're filled with unforgiveness. He knows. Surrender it to him. 
Our role is to acknowledge and ask him to work within us. So go ahead and surrender. Just tell God what it is. Tell God what it is. Lord, you know our hearts. You know how deceitful they are. You know how desperately wicked they are. Yet we thank you because you're God who heals hearts. So Lord, may you heal us totally. May you heal us totally. We give you praise and thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.